Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Online Warriors podcast. Today, we're going to open the show with a special interview segment, and we are joined with Ben Robinson and John Williams, the co-creators of the comic Space Oddities. So happy to have you guys on the show. Can you tell us a little bit about yourselves? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, uh, we are two guys that uh, have known each other for, shit, 25 years. And, Probably about uh, that. We came up with the idea for this book like 15 of those years ago. And we've been kind of kicking it around for, uh, you know, loosely for a while, kind of talking about it in backyards. And, and then we finally decided to get our shit together and make it happen. And uh, uh, last year we did our first Kickstarter for the first issue and it was successful. And we fulfilled that in April of this year. And mm-hmm. now we're back at it again for issue two. Wow. Very cool. So going into the comic books, you obviously had some sort of love for comic books to begin with. What was your favorite comic books growing up? Oh, well, I mean, I've I've always been a colossal comic book fan, probably to an unhealthy level. But, you know, I, for me, it was it was always Superman, like Superman and Batman, you know, DC Comics were, were my jam. I, I don't remember a time where I wasn't uh, just enamored with comic books and superheroes. And I always wanted to draw comics uh, my entire life. So that ended up taking me to animation school, but it took me a few years to get to get back on track with uh with comic books. But I mean, you know, I was a kid of the of the early '90s, so you know, I mean, X Men was in everybody's face. Uh, you know, the 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 Jim Lee, the Image Boom. I'm so glad that yeah. you said that <laughs> you loved DC because, and I'm going to get flagged for this on the podcast. I'm sure of it. But DC Comics does comics fantastic. Marvel's got the movies, kind of the formula down, but. DC Comics all the way, so kudos. Yeah, yes. John, do you agree or? I was more of a Marvel kid, but uh, I I think my favorite comic, like growing up when I was a kid, like the the comic that I got into first that like really that I got excited about and like really read a lot was actually the Max. I was super into the Max. I liked the design of that of of the Max, the weird looking guy, and uh, definitely had a, a crush on. What was her name Julie from that book, the, the hippie chick? I do, I actually I don't know. I've I never actually uh, really did a deep dive reading that book. I, I but every time I see it, I've, I want to grab one for you. Yeah, I've been meaning to uh, like reread it for a while because I was super into that when I was a kid. Yeah, the art style on that comic is definitely different than those of say Marvel and DC. Yeah, it's a little yeah. a little more extreme, like not like image extreme, but like, <laughs> just kind of like everything's you know proportions are a yeah, little bit more exaggerated. And, yeah, 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 and that I mean Sam Keith with his with his uh, Marvel Comics Presents covers that he did back in the day with like Venom and Wolverine and Ghost Rider, like his stuff was always been wild. But yeah, like he he sort of he sort of went went a little crazy with the Max. It was pretty good. He's he's actually a hometown guy. Yeah. He lives like half hour away. Wow. Small world. knock on his door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, if you're a fan of art styles, by the way, there's one particular Marvel comic that I am excited that's coming out. It's uh, Marvel, I believe it's called Iron On, or not Iron On, I am butchering it. <laughs> um, but anyway, it's like a sort of like a Gundam style Avengers, and it's coming out in March, so I'm excited for that one. So if you're interested in di- different art styles, check that one out. When I get the name right, check it out at least. Um, <laughs> it's not about making your own t-shirts at home yeah. <laughs> or patches. So what inspired you guys to create your own comic book? And how did you come up with the sp- 
specific idea for Space Oddities in particular? I mean, you know, we, Ben and I have been creating comics for about uh, about a decade off and on, you know, doing our own little stories. We did a time travel story in like an anthology book with some buddies. And like, you know, we, we've always we've always wanted to create stuff and create stories together. So, I mean, making a comic book just seemed to make sense. We're, you know, we're getting up there in our years and we got to get up off our asses and stop <laughs> talking about this thing. Cause you know, we were, we were in our, I don't know, early mid twenties yeah. and we, we were probably just, you know, sitting around getting stoned and drinking like, like we did back then. And, uh, and just talking about all, all the, all the cool ideas we could do to like, well, at, at that point in time, we wanted to make a, um, a cartoon proposal for adult swim. This is in its like early years of like Aqua Teen Hunger Force and Sea Lab, and um, even like like with Venture Brothers coming out, you know, I really liked their style oh, too. I loved Venture um, Brothers art style, yeah. Like if if I could if I could pick any team to to produce this as a cartoon, it would one hundred percent be the Venture Brothers team. Their their style is fantastic, and you know, over over the years, we just we kept spitballing, we kept coming back to it. You know, just getting together for a night and having some drinks and saying, "Oh yeah, let's let's work on space oddities," and uh, and nothing really materialized until more recently. We we started doing a podcast ourselves, and we're like, you know what, let's let's do more. Yeah, and and the 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 cartoon. I mean, it would have been great to get it on on adult swim that would have been rad but like mm-hmm. it was dependent on other people like us selling it to other people and uh, you know other people doing something with it whereas with the comic i mean john's a great artist and he's uh he's been wanting to draw comics for so many years that uh like hey a comic book is something that just the two of us can actually make happen true story. we don't need anyone else to like to, well i guess we kind of need to sell it to other people because we've got a kickstarter <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. but we could still make the comic even if no one wanted it yeah i, I could hold it in my hand uh without without anybody else's yeah. help outside of the two of us there's nothing to say that after the comic book is complete, that it doesn't go on to do other things, like take a life of its own. Yeah, you're you're speaking my language. That I mean, everyone hopes for that for that big Hollywood paycheck or whatever. But you know, I I really do see this as as a uh, a property that like well, take our first six issue arc that we're doing right now. I sort of envision that as like our movie or the first season of our TV show. It's one complete arc. You know, it has a start and finish, characters grow, things change, and then from there we could we could move on to a sequel or a second season, but but it really does tell the the one story that we want to tell. We've got we've got a MacGuffin, you know, we've got something that uh that people are chasing, we've got heroes and villains and you know, this this was all born from our love of you know, like uh, we say it everywhere in our promotions, but you know, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy meets Indiana Jones. It's adventure, but it's also a a screwball space comedy. You're touching on so many of my questions before I even get to my questions. This is fantastic. Whoops, sorry. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> um, so you had mentioned that, blab. that you know originally you guys would hang out, and throw back a couple beers, and then at some point you guys hit the ground running. So can you tell us a little bit about your working relationship and really how the magic started to really happen? Well, like I said, thankfully we've been friends for years and, and, and I think one of the things that I've realized from like talking to people about, about it like this is that, uh, one of the reason I think our collaboration went, went fairly well and smoothly is that we've been, we've been, you know, discussing and, and formulating these characters for over a decade. So like we both have a pretty good idea of what's going on. 
or what they would do, you know, who these people are. Yeah, we know them. So it, it makes it a little easier for us to, to kind of collaborate on writing them because we're coming from the same place. But like our process right now essentially is like we've we've got a, a big outline for the, the full six issue arc that we just kind of sat down and brainstormed our way through and, and kind of uh, built the, the bones of it. And then for like the last issue, we each went away and like took those bullet points of what was going to happen and wrote our own scripts and then came back together and like, you know, basically tossed out any trash and crammed together the best parts. And, you know, I think there was a couple cases where we kind of amalgamated ideas and or went with a third idea that we ended up having while putting the stuff back together to kind of hammer out the best best script that we could and uh and it went it went really well it was a really fun enjoyable experience which uh from what i've heard from a lot of other people collaboration is not always like that (laughs) (laughs) yeah teams can be difficult so yeah yeah. space oddities issue two kickstarter campaign is currently underway but can you tell us a little bit about what the kickstarter process has been like for you guys grueling yeah i'm gonna gonna leave this one to ben because thankfully you know since since we wrote it together and we can do that one reasonably fast and then i'm I'm off there drawing it. Uh, he 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 really just took this one on himself and and knocked it out of the park. So I'm I'm I can't really speak to it nearly as much as Ben can. Yeah, it's just it's uh it's a lot. Like the first one was the toughest part of it was getting used to promoting yourself and like telling, you know, posting on social media regularly like, "Hey, I I did something cool. You should spend your money on it." That's just a completely foreign and uncomfortable yeah, I'm thing great. for me to do. Give me money. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. I don't. I, it, it feels gross. That yeah. that was the hardest part was getting around that mentally. But then, uh, you know, I mean, setting the campaign ups. I mean, it's a lot of work. You got to figure out what art assets you need. You got to put a bunch of stuff together. Some graphics. You got to come up with copy. You know, that describes the story, but without spoiling anything, which is tough. You know, you got to make it sound interesting. Like this is a cool. Th- you know, this is the basic story, but not give away the things that are happening. And, uh, and just kind of make it fun and entertaining for anybody who wants to, to watch it. Like we, our videos, we've kind of approached with the, uh, let's do something like a little goofy and a little silly so that the video itself is kind of entertaining and lets you know what the project is rather than the, you know, stare at the camera and, and, and talk for two minutes. Hello, this is my name. (laughs) I'm bringing you a comic book. Yeah. It should be just insert name here. Oh wait, Ben. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. So yeah, we try try and make that a little fun as well. Since I mean, it is a comedy property. You know, it allows us the ability to slip some jokes and silliness into the campaign as well. We don't have to be all serious there. But uh, I mean, as far as running it, it is just it's it's a lot. You put it out there, and you have days where you know. I think in the first. 12 hours we got to like 25 percent mm-hmm. and it was like all right this is cool and then it's kind of like leveled off and so yeah. yeah i try and i try and keep myself from like checking it every day but uh i check it every day yeah yeah <laughs> several times every day and then the second second it stops upticking you're like oh no oh no this is the end we're, we're not gonna make it but <laughs> so yeah it's one of those things it's like podcast listen numbers you know you you, you want to have an idea of what they are but you can't obsess over them you know you just you put it out there to the world and yeah you hope for the best mm-hmm. yeah i could definitely uh, feel the anxiety of of watching it and not wanting to watch it but also watching it mm-hmm. yeah yep yeah you, you can you can devote as much time as you your mental health is willing to let you <laughs> 
So to get a little bit more into the actual comic, the beauty of having the story take place in space is that the environment is really limitless. What sort of planets and environments can we expect to see in Space Oddities moving forward? So, so far we've seen, uh, let's see, funeral parlors uh, in in space on, on uh, asteroids. We've been to the planet Todd. Next, we're going to go to a uh, a super mall asteroid. Yeah, like, <laughs> like the mall uh, of the galaxy. Yeah, kind of yeah. yeah. Um, we're going to be heading to Rygar 6, which is a, uh, a it, it'll be, it'll be an important stop along the way. And uh, we'll meet a, uh, a fun cast of characters there. Let's see. What should we say about Rygar 6? Well, I don't know. Well, don't it, spoil it. I don't want to. Okay. Want to I, mean, I, don't, I don't know if it would spoiled. S- necessarily spoil anything there but kind of a resort planet it's a resort it's kind of like a mix between a resort planet and mustafar yeah not not the greatest mix (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but uh and we're we're definitely going to be making a stop in uh in a place called abracadabria i believe yeah yeah, that's our that's at least our working title for the planet yeah it's it's a close-up magic planet yeah like why not (laughs) i really hope it's very gimmicky because i can see that being hilarious oh yes Oh yeah, there we go. That that is. <laughs> I think that's the whole reason for its existence. Yeah, exactly. Was, I, yeah, we came up with that name. We we're like, yep, yeah. Well, that that has funny on it, so we yeah. we can work with that. Yeah, and and then there 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 is a location or two that that we'll keep close to our chest yeah. for the, for the uh, the climax of the story. Okay, I'll allow it. So <laughs> this is my favorite question to give our listeners a little taste of. What some of the characters are like, I'd say from my personal interpretation that Jet reminds me of Gamora from Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, Jorge reminds me of Patrick Starr. Very loyal, but surprisingly smart <laughs> as well. Yeah. Dirks reminds me of Archer. Do you concur with these inspirations, or do you have better comparisons that you guys would make? I I totally concur with that. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I never made the... Uh, the comparison with Patrick that that is great, um, you know, and I'm I'm so scared of of making comparisons because then all of a sudden I'm like, oh crap, does it seem like I ripped off this character? Because we actually heard recently um, from someone else the Archer comparison, and I, I totally I've I never totally see of that it. Before. I love it. Yeah, but like, I can, but I can absolutely see the association there. Yeah, it never occurred to me before someone mentioned it. Well, because it yeah, in, and in his in the arc in issue one. Everything just kind of worked out, and and it was always, oh yeah, I planned it that way. Yep, that's yep. that's where that's, I sort of that's, threw that. That's from. very much that's very much who he is as as a character. You know, he's he is all bravado. You know, he's he always just kind of feels like he's in control, even when he's not. Um, and you know, to be honest, like over the years, I as we were developing these characters, I I think to a certain degree, and I think most writers would would do this with their characters, like. I see aspects of them in myself like like that like I'm not a very confident guy but Dirk is the kind of bravado that you know you daydream about having and then like Jorge is is he's the heart of the group so you know if I I I try to be a nice guy you know so it's it's I guess they're aspirational to a degree but Jet was the character that um that she went through a lot of changes over the years, so it's it's hard to even say how she landed where she did. But um, and you, and you only get a you get a little bit of a feel for her in the first issue. You'll yeah. get you'll get more you know as obviously as the as it goes on. But uh, but yeah, the, I, the 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 Gamora comparison is is interesting. I like that because Gamora is she she is she can be soft and innocent, but she can also be yeah take no shit. Yeah yeah she can she can give as good as she gets. You know. She's not just going to get taken advantage of. Yeah, exactly. I do like that. Yes. 
Good, then I'm excited for that team up. (laughs) (laughs) So the comic follows the story of three main heroes, Dirks, Jorge, and Jet, but there were many other characters introduced along the way. Can we expect further development of tertiary characters in their own segments, sort of like a growing universe? Yes. In fact, uh, you know, we, without, without spoiling it, you know, we see a couple villains in the end. Um, they show up in the second, actually, you know what? Almost everyone shows up in the second issue, but, um, Hmm. but yeah, they, they will all be playing throughout the entire series. Everyone that showed up there, except Ben's parents who were, uh, in the background on the the skiff ride. (laughs) They, they might not show up yeah. again. They don't have names. They don't count. Yeah. Um, unless they unless they buy their way back in. Oh, yeah. 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 One of our perks is dr- being drawn in. So, you know, if, uh, if if you keep paying us every time, maybe you'll keep showing up. Yeah. And, and we did talk to, to somebody who, who backed at that level uh, for the current campaign where he, he, I mean, he actually talked to us about making him a, a, a recurring character. He's like, I'll, I'll, I'll back at this level every time. I want to, I want to be in every issue. Just ma- make me the same character. I'm like, all right, this, this will be interesting. We get to, we get to write somebody in somehow, you know, in some way. They're not just going to take over the series. No, no. I'm thinking something like the, the cabbage guy from Avatar. Oh, yes. I would love to be the cabbage guy in any yeah, so- <laughs> show ever. You know, so he shows up for, for a panel or two here and there and that's, but he, you know, and then he even had a successful industry in Legend of Korra. Just to be able to build, yeah. if you can really build up on this Kickstarter person that you're talking about, that would be amazing. Yeah, it's a fun little like running, it's like a, a running gag and you can, you know, like they did with Avatar, you can kind of build it to something that kind of pays off in the end even. Which is yeah, cool. or like in, in the second arc, you know, you, he could he could turn out to be a new villain or something. You're like, oh shit, he's been there since the beginning. Oh, sorry, can we cuss on this show? Yeah, it's fine. I just realized. Okay. <laughs> wow. I, I don't know if we've ever gone this long on a show without cussing. I'm not entirely sure I did. But but yeah, the tertiary some of the, the, the some of the other characters will definitely get some get, maybe not as much development, but some more screen time. I mean, you'll learn more about them uh, for sure. Yeah, the, I mean, there there is a a shadowy figure in the uh, in the end of the first issue or towards the end where he's he's going to be kind of a kind of a more uh, background player. You know, he's I think we're saving his big story for the second arc. Yeah, but but it is it is planned. You know, he's he's been one of our characters since the very beginning. I think we just decided we we liked some of the other um, characters that are going to be villains or obstacles for this first uh, this first arc. Okay, so. I know our listeners are all wondering this particular question because I really want to know. One of the plot lines is a robot receptionist who has the hots for Jorge. Will we get a backstory <laughs> on that relationship? Not in issue number two, but you you can you can bet your ass it will come at some point. Yeah, that uh, <laughs> that that just sort of came out of nowhere. I don't know. Ben, when Ben and I write together, we I've I've always described it as using the the why not method. You know, we just, someone just throws out an idea and, you know, unless it's God awful, it's, it's just like, yeah, why not? You know, it's like, okay, robot receptionist. Hey, what, what if she has a crush on Jorge? It's like, yeah, sure. Why not? Well, and uh, which is kind of, which fits with what I want to do. And also like, I've got to temper myself a bit because I'm, I'm a big fan of like hard sci-fi. So like, I mean, like I love like the expanse and Star Trek and like stuff where like everything makes sense. And, and, uh, this is not that world. And, and we knew that going into it, that this is more, more the hitchhiker's guide world where shit can just be kind of silly. And it is cause it is now it's got to be consistent with like what the characters would do and what the story would do. It has to make some sort of sense, but it, it, it could be, 
completely absurdist sense. But that relationship kind of does make sense because when we when we get to the character description, Jorge's specific attribute is that he has a mechanical aptitude. And so <laughs> for a ro- robot to be interested in him really has some kind of development there. Yeah, <laughs> I well, we're gonna have to list you as a uh, as a co-writer on here because I like that. Yeah, maybe maybe he uh, maybe fixed her good once. <laughs> it's it's like when you're DMing a D and D game and one of your players comes up with a better idea that you had than you had originally, and you're like, "Yep, that's exactly what's going on." Yeah, you guys, that's what you totally meant. <laughs> yeah, that, that, well, we we wrote it into his bio, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> So this is the the last and final question that we ask all of our interviewees. If you were a superhero, what powers would you have? Uh, I mean, Ben, you want to take this? Because I, I I would clearly just go, well, I'd have Superman's powers because he's my favorite. Well, but everyone would have Superman's yeah, yeah, that's, powers. He's everyone would have powers. time control. Yeah. Come on now. Oh, time control time would be pretty good. badass. Um, you know, I mean, I'm, I'll, I'll just throw it out there. I'm just going to put the number one on there for me, flight. You know, everyone says like flight versus invisibility, like invisibility would be pretty cool, but like flight and let's add some super speed in there. Like, I think, I think I would, I would be just, you know, you could only fly at the speed you walk. I'd love to be able to, to run at super speed. Cause you know, at, at a certain point it almost becomes like time travel, even yeah. though it, unless, unless my brain processes super fast, you know, like then, then it might just be like, I'm actually running across the United States, but you can only you go know, in real time in for time. me, but with that yeah yeah never go true. back but yeah I, I i mean there's nothing that i would love more than to be able to have control over being high up because i'm terrified of heights you know i'll never go skydiving but if i could actually confidently suspend myself way up in the sky and fly around i i absolutely would i'd love it to death you'd be nervous the whole time that for some reason it would just stop i that that's a part <laughs> of my daydreams every single time i daydream about it it always leads there. I would probably go with either invulnerability or teleporting. Does the invulnerability include like to like viruses and things like that? Like is it just completely or is it just like physical? I wouldn't want to be incapable of I mean, it would be great to just be like one of the ones I've thought of in the past is like, you know, just basically you're in uh, perfect health all the time. And so that would be, you know, so you wouldn't you'd be. You couldn't get sick or any of that, but like, so does perfect health cover getting your arm cut off? Like having your fingers missing is not proper health, right? Like a bleed, like, bleeding's not good for your health. <laughs> sitting sitting on the couch eating fast food for two weeks, like like, do you not put on any weight? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You just stay in peak performance all the time. That'd be kind of nice. I would just want my knees um, to stop doing that cracking thing every time. I yeah, move. right. <laughs> Absolutely. That's the goal. Be able to stand up without making that noise. <laughs> yeah, old man noises. I've got I've got a bulging disc in my in my lower back now that's pinching nerves. Like, yeah, that would be really cool if that didn't happen. Yeah, I just want to have like the health of my twenties for the rest of my life. <laughs> that would be nice. Okay, fair enough. Well, all right, that's uh, that's all the questions we have. Is there any other remarks that you guys would like to add to the show? I mean, go check out the Kickstarter. It's live now. Space Oddities number two. Uh, we will uh, we'll, we'll give you guys a link to put in the show notes or whatever. And uh, check out our podcast, Geek Exploration, the podcast. All right. Well, thank you yeah. very much, everyone. And now back to our regular show. All right. We are back. Thanks again to John and Ben, creators of the Space Oddities comic book, for joining us there and chatting with us a little bit. 
And now we will return to your regularly scheduled warrioring. Do we war? I mean, go to battle. I think we're a generally peaceful people, but uh, we're going to talk about Disney Plus Day. It's verbal battle, mental discourse. Yeah, I, I think we spar. You know, I think occasionally, I think Tectic will say something that gets me real riled up, and I'll, you know, Metroid Prime is not the best one. Yeah, and then I exactly like that, and then I at least get like defensive. You know, I'm a legal eighty six. You already heard from Tectic. Nerd Bombers here with us as well. And uh, look, there's a lot to unpack here. I mean, Disney Plus Day, many, many announcements, some first looks, some of which we already knew about, some of which we did not. I don't even know, you know, presumably the headliners here. I want to start with Obi-Wan Kenobi, if if we may just jump right in here. Now, we didn't see any footage outside of, I mean, we saw Ewan McGregor just kind of like talking like, hey, man. That man does not age. I'm convinced. He, he looks pretty much the same. I, I did notice, like, one of the things I noticed right away, and you probably did too, was his accent is like, and like, Obi-Wan Kenobi kind of has a British accent, like, in the movies, right? Like, it's not, he doesn't talk like, he's not like American. But Ewan McGregor is, I mean, you could guess from the name, is like, very Scottish. And he wasn't doing his Obi-Wan voice in the interview. Not that he, ha- he should have been, but... It was a little jarring for me right away. You basically wanted him to be a method actor already. You're like, where yeah. is Obi-Wan voice? I mean, on top of that, you know, where was the beard? That's what we're all, that's that's what I'm mainly in it for. It's like that and Hayden Christensen is why I'm watching this, going to be watching this show again. Or watching this character again, I should say. So yeah, we, we, we mostly got kind of concept footage here, a little bit of, of background on what the character is going to be going through, which you could probably pick up on you know basically it's it's going to pick up where the end of episode three left off essentially there is the the big kind of headline here big takeaway is there's i would say a promise of more hayden christensen obi-wan kenobi uh, hayden christensen ewan mcgregor lightsaber fighting which for my money i mean uh, duel the fates is still my favorite lightsaber battle in all of the star wars movies but episode three probably is probably some, some number two it's probably my second favorite so you know this this is a I mean, this is a pretty big uh, promise that we're being given here. You know, we all we have also, of course, can hope that Hayden Christensen will talk about sand in the Darth Vader suit. I think that's what every Star Wars fan is wanting at this point. I'm looking forward to getting back to like, like even like the new trilogy lightsaber fights. They, it's almost like they tried to mix together the old trilogy lightsaber fights, which are really just two guys waving sticks at each other, right? Like let's let's call it what it is. It's a lot of like awkward, like lurchy movements. Not a lot of fluidity. And then the prequel trilogy is the exact opposite. It's like very, very choreographed, all very fluid, lots of flourishing. And it's way more fun to watch, I think. Way more fun to watch, way more gymnastic, way more kind of dynamic. I want to go back to that. Do you think they will? I, I, I think they will. I think, you know, I think Ewan McGregor and Obi-Wan Kenobi both are aging. So that will play, a, that will be a factor. In yeah, the but they can get fighting. some stunt doubles in there. I, I do wonder, you know, because, you know, Alec Guinness, episode four, that dude has lost a step. Like, when you first see him, he's literally hobbling around. Like, it's it's pretty intense. So I do wonder if they're going to be like, oh, man, this Obi-Wan Kenobi is like, he's having some health issues. Or if they're really just going to be like, he's perfectly good this whole time. He's going to be jumping six feet and 60 feet in the air, you know, the whole nine yards. But concept art looked good i think there are some interesting questions being raised here you know he is a jedi at a time when the jedi are actively in hiding which we haven't really seen that you know like like 
the more I think about it, you know, when when Rey is discovered in the new trilogy, it's less so that she's hiding the fact that she's a Jedi, and it's more so the fact that she doesn't really know that she is. So I think this is interesting. Being being a covert Jedi is probably pretty it's probably pretty cool, honestly. But I mean, the thing that comes closest in my mind is like Jedi Fallen Order and Cal. Yeah, yeah, which isn't like a big budget. I mean, it it was big budget for a game, but it's not like it has the reach that a TV show or a movie would have. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, f- I think I've said on this show that Fallen Order, at least thus far, hasn't really done it for me. But that's not to s- it wasn't for that reason, I guess. You know, he was at the beginning of that game, a Jedi in hiding. And that's ostensibly what Obi-Wan Kenobi would be here. I guess that's what I want to give Obi-Wan Kenobi much more credit and say he would be a lot better at hiding it. Because, you know, the jig is up pretty darn quick in in Jedi Fallen Order. He kind of, spoiler alert, but it's like the first five minutes of the game. He kind of like reveals that he's a Jedi. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, this is really exciting. I'm, another question I have that I would actually, I would post to you, Tactic, because you're awfully quiet over there. Are we going off world? I mean, you know, the premise of this is supposed to be, he is watching out for Luke Skywalker. That is what he has essentially tasked himself with doing at the end of episode three, he's going to stay on Tatooine, become old Ben Kenobi, the hermit, and just kind of look after Luke. Does that mean we're stuck there? I, I, well, I have an opinion, but I want to hear yours first. I think, yes, he will be stuck there, but I don't think the story will be stuck there. I think what they're going to do is make you sort of love both sides of it. I I really think that they're going to follow parallel stories of Darth Vader and Obi-Wan. So this way you can sort of empathize with both halves and it'll make a meeting of the minds, so to speak, when they do come to their final battle. So you'll kind of see the back of how they each got to that point and then... So you think they're going to try to make Darth Vader empathetic? Yes. I mean, I guess they kind of did that in the the prequel trilogy, I, but... Well, and with, with Kylo Ren, they kind of tried to do it too. Yep, and, that's exactly you know, what I was going to say. Kylo Ren, that was another angle that, that didn't really work for me. I, I do, you know, it's tough because I want... I so badly, I don't really even know why, but like I so badly want redemption for Hayden Christensen. I want him to to not be a punchline anymore. But I also like, I don't know if I want an empathetic Darth Vader. Like, I think there's a lot of potential there for an interesting character. From a but, true love and like having your heart broken standpoint, there's empathy to be had there. But I want him to embrace the darkness. Like Exactly. We didn't really get to see that, you know, like we see him developing into Darth Vader and then it immediately just jumps into, okay, I'm just a bad dude now but like i want to see the festering of evil is that weird no I, I i want the dude who killed younglings like because that was pretty captivating in episode three right it was like wow this is getting dark i thought that was cool you know i i i wanted kylo ren i wanted them to have to kill him like i wanted them to like try and save him like han solo tries to save him and he dies right and you know i wanted other characters numerous other characters to try to save him and fail because he's just too far gone like that i thought that would be would have been so much more interesting than oh he learned that he was oh he learned the power of love no forget that he's bad he went all bad you got to kill him now like i, I just, mean I don't know. you knew I, as soon as he re- was related to luke skywalker though there yeah, was no world in which they would make him all bad i i just like i want more hard edges in the star wars universe and like the mandalorian kind of got close to that but then they were like oh look at this cute baby yoda and then like all he was the cute were, there were still hard edges well, in that show there, there's but like there's also possibility for more hard edges with introducing characters and based on the timeline spider darth maul could very well be a possibility oh, he's gonna be back yeah i, th- I think he's gonna be 
at least a side character, you know, pr- presumably going to be Darth Vader's, well, not Darth Vader's apprentice. I don't know how it really works, but, you know, some kind of underling to Darth Vader that Obi-Wan will have to dispatch. I, I imagine it's, you know, because that, that ha- doesn't that happen in Clone Wars? I think it actually happens in the it end. It does. Movies. Yeah. He finally gets absolutely by Obi-Wan, but. But, I, but, but, but that's, I mean, Clone Wars, that's like, that's like pre-Anakin turning to the dark side situation. So it's like. The timelines are, they're taking liberties at this point. It's timelines are, are kind of different, but that'd be a cool, you know, rematch, I guess. Because again, Duel of, Duel of Fate, I think, is my single favorite Star Wars duel ever. Well, that's and why I said Spider-Darth Maul, because we haven't really seen, I mean, in the in the movies we've seen, obviously he loses, right? But then there's that whole exactly. side story where he's in like the junkyard and that whole thing. Right. And uh, I mean, how interesting would it be to see a dude with spider legs you know wield a lightsaber basically i mean we kind of saw that with general grievous i guess yeah there you go and general grievous was like also i don't know i don't want to call him a punchline i don't think he was that bad but people kind of thought he was a ridiculous villain i always thought he was okay but yeah i don't know i'm i'm excited for this one definitely i think this was the only you know we got the teaser for a kind of boba fett behind the scenes i can't remember what it was called i'm scrolling through this long list of things under the helmet yeah uh, Under the Helmet, The Legacy of Boba Fett, documentary special, a totally different thing, obviously, but looks very interesting, you know, when you consider how few lines this character had, how little screen time he had in the original trilogy and still became a thing, you know, that alone is interesting. Yeah, but um, hot dogs are great. You know what I mean? Like, hot dogs are delicious, but I don't want to know how they're made. That's where I draw the line. I do want to know how hot dogs are made. Yeah, I think there's definitely an audience for that. You may not care about the the background that goes into all of these characters, but I think a lot of people do. I love behind the scenes stuff, man. I love watching like documentaries like this. I, I think I'm actually going to get a big kick out of that. There's not much more to say about it than that, especially considering the bigger fish fish we have to fry here. But like, I think that's going to be cool, especially and it. You know, it's a decent precursor to the book of Boba Fett. This is this one is out right now, by the way, under the helmet. You can go watch right now. I haven't watched it yet, but that is currently going on. You know, of course, a lot of the content we have here being teased is marvel content again a lot of it didn't have trailers and even the ones that did have trailers you know we're talking 20 second sizzle reels basically for a lot of them but the one i want to kind of lead off with actually this might have been the longest trailer moon knight seemed like they had a decent amount of footage put together for boy what a turnaround for oscar isaac being the hottest man in the world in dune which if you haven't watched dune he's the hottest man in the world in dune Going from that to just looking just horrible. I mean, I've never seen him look so bad, which is, you know, intentional. This looks super cool. This is, this looks, I'm very into this, uh, is kind of my broad takeaway here. Just this tortured guy who is quote unquote a hero, but doesn't really know what's happening. It's, I think it's, he has dissociative identity disorder. Is that what we're dealing with here, Tectic? I don't know if, you, if you're an expert on this character, but. I was into this. Yeah, and it's it's kind of in- it's kind of cool how he gets his powers too because he's like you think he's dead and that's it, but he just stumbles upon a tomb and then now he's good and he's Moon Knight and he has the powers of a moon god. Okay. I feel like Marvel can make the the story a little they're probably going to make the backstory of how he got the powers a little bit different, but I really hope they still tra- stay true to the character. And I think this has a lot of really good potential. I mean, is this a tortured character? Like they're making it seem like he is just, he's, he's a, really he's, he's a mercenary. Stuff. So obviously he's got some skeletons in the closet. Right. I mean, we, and, and we, we've experienced some, like 
WandaVision kind of toyed with this quote-unquote dark side, so to speak. But like, I don't know, we haven't gotten anything really gritty, really, you know, darker to put to, for, for lack of any better word, you know, the Disney Plus shows have all toyed with that. Like Falcon Winter Soldier did at one point too, but like they always kind of go back to like just this, you know, this Marvel show, this, this this playful, you know, everyone's good at the end of the day kind of thing. And maybe that's what the, this will be too, but it just gives me this vibe much more so of like, this is going to be, I'm going to use the phrase hard edges again. This is going to have some hard edges. And well, I, I think, think that's great. This will maybe, and I might be totally off base here, but like Moon Knight hasn't really been connected to the greater MCU. And I'm not saying that they're not going to, because that's where every character he that obviously ends, will, yeah, they, yeah. like he obviously will. But I feel like because it's premiering on Disney plus, because not a lot of people know his character and it, let's be honest, like, it's not like it's this big draw to, like, kids and family, you know? The trailer in its own nature and tone is darker and grittier. I feel like they'll have a little bit more leeway to explore that darker side, and then probably once he starts getting tied in, then they'll have to pull it back, and then it'll be super jarring because it'll be like, oh, we got used to this really dark and gritty character, and now he's doing punchy one-liners in the middle of an ensemble movie. Right, no, he's not not a team-up kind of guy. Yeah, I I I mean, I would like for him not to be. Because that, that would, again, that would be different than, you know, we have all these people who, oh, well, yeah, we can work together. Oh, quippy this, quippy that. No, I want someone who kind of lone wolfs it and just like, you know, still presumably still does good things, but like is tortured, you know? Well, it's kind of like, I would love it if it was something, and we'll talk about this later because we finally watched Shang-Chi, but it would be great if it was something like that where it's a completely almost standalone thing. And then obviously at the end, it all gets tied back into the MCU. But like, if it didn't, I feel like it would make it so much better. Now, I did not watch Shang-Chi yet, but that's like what you just said cannot be characterized as a spoiler because it's just, yeah, what, I mean, just, we it's know. just how Marvel be. Yeah. Every <laughs> every Marvel anything has a mid-post-credit scene that ties it back to the MCU. At this point, like we're how many years into the MCU universe? Like we're here. Do you, you know the it's formula a, yeah. by now. It, and it's, it's a winning one, without a doubt. So You just called it MCU universe, by the way. Yeah, because we are living in the MCU's universe. We're just audiences in their, in in their stage. She-Hulk, this was maybe 20 seconds long. Again, the, the, there's like, I feel like every one of these little sizzle reels has like one, the one shot that they put together the sizzle reel for. And in this one, it was the green lady. That's, you know, she doesn't look very Hulk-like. I don't know, you know, she pretty much just looks like green Tatiana Maslany, which I don't know. She doesn't have the full extent that Bruce Banner got. Basically, she got her abilities from an emergency blood transfusion from Bruce Banner, and that saved her, but also gave her a, uh, I guess we would call it Hulk light ability, Yeah, where she keeps her, her intelligence. She still has like fits of rage and things like that, but for the most part, she can still legal the crap out of you in the court of law. Right. Which is good, you know. Sometimes you gotta, you know. What's interesting about this character in particular, though, it's it's a nether Marvel character that is known to break the third wall. And so I'm excited to see some of that. And, and we actually got alluded that that will happen in the show as well, based on that she, campy one, cut scene. Oh, yeah, there is that. Well, at one point, she looks straight up at the camera, too, like right at the beginning of it. So, yeah, I, I could certainly see that happening. I mean, again... They saw that it worked with Deadpool, right? So theoretically, if they're taking... I don't know if Marvel is in a position to like accept feedback at this point. But By the way, I broke the wrong wall. I meant to say fourth wall. Right, the fourth wall. The third wall is, is commonly broken, I would say. Well, yeah, Which she's wall a is the third wall? 
Is it the back wall that's the third wall? Because the front wall, the screen is the fourth wall. And well, we'll we'll figure that out in post. Miss Marvel, we had already seen some footage for this was again, you know, a solid a solid twenty seconds. We didn't see like Miss Marvel is the one that her hands get really big, right? Yeah, which is interesting because I'm hearing that they totally got rid of that ability and gave her more cosmic abilities. So what does that mean? Right. We we saw a little bit of the cosmicness, I guess, in this trailer, but like no big hands. And I was like, I was waiting for the big hands because like my exposure right now to Miss Marvel is the Avengers game, which I actually have not played. But I remember when they the trailer came out where she was going to be in it and she was like played played a big role in it. And I was like, what are her powers? She just has big hands, basically. And she like wears the same outfit as captain marvel which i was confused about but now i'm less confused about it after watching this trailer i don't know this looks good this this one didn't like you know it didn't really get me going too much but this one felt like more kiddish which i think is supposed to but for me it just doesn't resonate as much like i'm still gonna watch it but i feel like i'm not gonna get the same connection even like compared to a lot of the other young marvel superheroes that we've been introduced to over the last little bit like i don't know but then i also just watched like high school netflix shows so maybe i will relate to it who knows i do wonder if they changed her powers in preparation for the fantastic four you know mr fantastic being elastic so they didn't want to probably inundate us with big hands so to speak well they might have also thought like i don't think it would be beyond the mcu at this point to also think like like they might have screen tested the big hands and been like this just looks ridiculous there's no way we can make this look good you know because it does it looks ridiculous or yeah like you said it could be a fantastic four you don't want to get too close to mr fantastic kind of kind of thing speaking of you you said more kiddish total transition i know we will get back to marvel but one of my favorite things that i watched disney plus day trailers and i'm 100 percent gonna watch it is the bay i think it's just called baymax oh the yeah big the big hero six revisit with the where he's in the coffee he's running the cafe and he's trying to put the lid on the coffee cup i was rolling i was like this is amazing baymax was always amazing I, mean, I like i watched big hero six i don't remember maybe i was just like in a bad mood or something i don't remember it having a really big effect on me well i feel like big hero six is one of those movies well first of all like those characters all kind of came from a comic book like that was all primarily based off a comic book and then it got disney-fied and a lot of the characters changed. But in my opinion, I think a lot of the like cult fan base kind of got put off by how many changes were made from the source material. So you lost those people. But then like I feel like it didn't get, and maybe it did at the time, but it didn't feel like it got the exposure and the marketing that so many of these other Disney movies have. And I, I remember seeing it and it was just like, I thought it was really good, but there was not a lot of hype or hubbub around it at the time. So I'm really excited yeah. they're going back to revisit this property because I think the last time that I saw anything about it was actually when Kingdom Hearts 3 came out. And I remember a lot of the feedback on that was like, oh, why did you pick this kind of obscure Disney movie that nobody cares about? But it is a really good movie. And Baymax is incredible. And I'm so excited for this too. Yeah, the, the sense of humor is just, I don't know, maybe my sense of humor has changed since i watched the first one too but i was just like man this is so funny this is the bit in the coffee shop i was like this is amazing whoever wrote this is exactly what i want to sign up for so i I don't know i wanted to mention that i mean we we got a bunch of other marvel content here i think all of the ones i'm about to say i don't think we got any other video footage we know that agatha house of harkness katherine hans returning as agatha harkness from wandavision with jack schaefer returning as head writer he's the head writer for wandavision so that's going to be happening marvel zombies interesting i don't know you know did you guys did you guys watch all of what if 
which is also, by the way, an announcement. They're doing season two. But in what if there was a zombie episode? Right. And so I don't know if they're just going to like kind of keep going with that. <laughs> or Yeah, I'm curious to see if they're going to continue off of that what if episode or and technically, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe, isn't there a whole Marvel zombie universe? Yeah, there's a whole universe. So I think it would be interesting. Like, okay, yeah, they did it in What If, but I think it would just be more interesting if they explored the comic universe more so than just that little snippet that we got out of What If. I hope yeah, they, that, that might have. They don't use sorry, the yeah, comic right. universe at all, and it's just a series of, of zombified superheroes grunting at each other, like the slow zombies. You know what I'm talking about? I do not. I would like to see them all grunt at each other, though. That'd be that'd be pretty amusing. I yeah. I, I, the what if episode might have just been they put some feelers out. Like, do people respond to this? And I think generally the response to that episode of what if was like pretty good. So that might have been their signal to like, okay, we're gonna go all in on this. Well, I think zombies in general, and this isn't necessarily Disney specific at all, but I think zombies in general are just kind of having their little bit of a comeback. Like they hit their hit height of popularity. Like if you remember. Go back to when The Walking Dead started and like Left for Dead was around and it felt like there was zombie was everything. Say, like 2009. Yeah. I think is when that like that was like the golden age. There was a lot of zombie stuff going on. And now like a decade has passed and maybe people are like, OK, you know what? Like The Walking Dead officially is over. I think we're ready for some new zombie stuff. Let's go. Let's do this. But is The Walking Dead over? Because I think isn't like isn't Rise of the Walking Dead or what this spinoff is called? Isn't that like oh, Fear of the Walking Dead? That's, yeah. Isn't that like still going? Do be, I don't know. Okay, maybe I'll get some flack for this, but do, does anybody actually watch that? I mean, they must because AMC wouldn't renew it, but like, I don't know. I think a lot of people checked out of even Mainline The Walking Dead a while ago. Once, once Glenn died, that's it. Once I made it Rick, through two the, Once the main character left the freaking show. I made it through two seasons of that show. And I was like, all right, this is a good place to get off. <laughs> and, like, and then it ran for like eight more seasons or something. And I still, and that's the other thing. I've said, I think I probably said this on the podcast before. I'll say it again. Walking Dead fans, by far the worst fans with spoilers. And it is like not even close. Like I, I knew who died every week in that show. Didn't watch a single episode. But I like mean, every, every Sunday, like clockwork, our, I would see a pose, RIP such and such. It's like, okay. It wouldn't even be the fans, though. Part of that was literally AMC would post it. Like, right after the Pacific time viewing of the episode was over, the AMC Twitter account, the official Twitter account and the Walking Dead accounts would start right. tweeting. And it's like, oh, well, like, I guess they can't. This is a dated reference. I guess I can't TiVo that. It's like, well, yeah, it's like I I get that you want your show to be appointment television, but like, give me a freaking break. We, we have things going on in our lives. <laughs> Don't like spoil it for us immediately after the show ends. Anyways, that's a side shoot topic. Tactic, I imagine you might have some thoughts on I, you were you think you were a pretty big Saturday morning cartoons guy. I may be I may not have it right, but I'm seeing a lot about uh, X-Men 97. Did you watch the original X-Men series? It seems like the, exactly the kind of thing you would watch, but I may be, again, totally off base. So you're, you're assuming that I was a cool young kid at one point in my life, and you're assuming correctly. Okay. And I am excited okay. for this <laughs> because not only do they, are they revitalizing it, but they're sort of embracing, with a mo more modern twist, the original art style. And I honestly think cartoons looked way cooler back then. Like, like if you look at the junk that they're popping out these days... Whew, we got to go back. We got to go back to that golden age. And that's what I'm most excited for. Plus, the story was like heavy in at times. And like my little like, I don't know, five, six-year-old mind was was really taking it all in. 
Yeah, I remember because it was on what was it WB in the morning Sounds on like Saturday a WB morning. Thing. And I just oh remember, WB wouldn't wouldn't WB run DC stuff like Justice oh, League? Oh, I guess maybe it was well, it was on one of the the Saturday morning cartoon things. And I just remember I think they either aired it before or after Pokemon or Yu Gi Oh or something. And I just remember the plot lines were. Obviously, a little bit more adult because they were kind of drying off the comics, and I had no idea what was going on. And I was just like, mm, "They had the Scott Jean, uh, Logan love triangle. People died. One... It was all there. Do you remember that? There was that YouTube video, like back, like this was like the dawn of YouTube. This was like one of those like funny videos that may have gone around even before YouTube. The uh, the guy who dubbed the X Men, I'm the Juggernaut, bitch. Do you remember this? Which, yeah, sorry for the fruity language there, but there was this. You don't remember this? Oh, man. I think I'm that's where it came from, but true. but it was a it was not that was not the language used on the cartoon itself. I just want to be clear. Well, no, yeah, sure, but this was a guy who thought it would be funny and thought correctly, in my opinion, that this should be dubbed to humorous effect, and the Juggernaut would always show up and just say, "I'm the Juggernaut, bitch," and just like I don't know, do Juggernaut stuff. So I remember that. I remember the cartoon in that sense, but I, I did not watch this myself. But I know people are going absolutely crazy about this one and i'm inclined to agree about the animation style i mean i you know my my recent exposure to animation there's a couple of really good ones i thought what if was really well done i thought undone which is a show on amazon that uses um rotoscoping is also really well done i'm gonna make a public service announcement why don't you to all you adults out there that think there's a stigma against adults watching cartoons stop watch cartoons they're fantastic that's all that's pretty good that's a good psa Nerdbomber, maybe throw some like soft piano music over that in post or something. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to tell you how to do your job, but also it's not your job. It's it's like a hobby. But you you, you get my point. Spider Man Freshman Year, another animated series. I am actually super psyched about this. It follows Peter Parker on his way to becoming Spider Man in the MCU. So that seems like very specific wording. Is this the Tom Ho- supposed to be the Tom Holland Peter it Parker? It is supposed to be the Tom Holland. And I had actually, so when we saw this, Technic and I were discussing, and I had actually completely forgotten, and probably because I've had so many Spider-Man origin stories shoved down my throat in my lifetime, but I forgot that Tom Holland was introduced to us when he was already Spider-Man. And so I think this- Civil War. Yeah. And so I think this is actually a really cool way to go back and- Not that we necessarily need more Spider-Man origin story, but I think, you know, everybody is so familiar with the Tom Holland Spider-Man now. And especially, I think there's been like rumors and rumblings that after, after whatever the next Spider-Man is, No Way Home. Home. Thank you. Yeah, No Way Home. I think there's supposed to be like potentially another trilogy coming up, but like continuing Tom Holland, which is the first time in a long time we've gotten like Spider-Man continuity. I think they're. I think Tom Holland is done, and Toby's going to take back over. <laughs> that, really? Please, please. If anyone out there is listening, any execs, I will pay you not very much money, but I will pay you in gratitude. Bring him back, man. He's he's my guy. But yeah, no, you're right. It's going to be Tom Holland for three more movies. Right. So I think it's really cool that they're they are going to go back and address the origin story, and I think doing it obviously in cartoon mode now is the only way to do it. And I think they could definitely pull something cool off. I mean, I like the animated Spider-Man movie, like Into the Spider-Verse, which is what I was trying to say before. Into the Spider-Verse is heckin' probably one of my favorite Hugely Spider-Man popular, movies of all time. And for good reason. Yeah, that, that was amazing. If they can even come close to like a tenth of how cool Into the Spider-Verse was with this, like, I'm in. Totally in. So, Secret Invasion, the quote-unquote trailer for this was 
pretty hysterical. It was really just a, a kind of like slow motion look at Samuel L. Jackson's face. And they were like, he's, hey, he's back. And we were like, we know. And that was pretty much it. Reportedly, Ben Mendelsohn will be returning as Talos, uh, his character from Captain Marvel, I believe. Uh, we got a bunch other of other Marvel. I mean, th- there was so much Marvel here. What if season two was confirmed? I haven't finished season one yet, actually. But season one has been very good. I Am Groot, series of original shorts yes. exploring baby Groot's early days. Growing yes. up. I knew this, this is going to be a nerd bomber crowd pleaser. I'm interested in Ironheart. Riri Williams, the genius inventor, creates the most advanced suit of armor since Iron Man. And then Echo apparently is a character who will be introduced by the Hawkeye show, which is coming out like next week, I think is when that happens. It's like a Thanksgiving time thing. Gosh, it's already next week. Uh, where does the time go? Yeah. So Maya Lopez becomes Echo or is Echo, a deaf Native American hero who will get her own Disney Plus series. I think that rounds out the Marvel content uh which probably means it's a good time to take for us to take our break before we take our ad break though i would be remiss if i did not shout out our fantastic patreon producer mr stephen keller stephen joined us last week on the show i believe won the quiz if i'm not mistaken so that hey that could be you you could come on the show and prove to us that you're smarter than we are and what more what could be more fun than that and it's not that hard to do it's yeah it's very easy the, the bar is extremely low uh so so steven gets that guest spot on the show as one of his many perks as being one of our patreon producers supporting us at the night level on patreon he also gets input into the weekly game segment he gets this shout out every episode and of course he gets access to the monthly secret segment and the vlog there's also a squire level of support which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog and then there's of course our fantastic pages the pages get access to the monthly secret segment and they are the wheels on the locomotive that keep this thing running thanks to all of you supporters out there if you want to become a supporter you can head to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast and get more of the details there thanks again to steven in particular our patreon producer and uh, we will now take a short break to shout out a sponsor we'll be back to kind of wrap things up with the disney plus day stuff and kind of get into what we've been up to Since 1998, Stamps.com has been an indispensable tool for nearly 1 million businesses. Stamps.com brings the services of the U.S. Postal Service and UPS shipping right to your computer. Whether you're an office sending invoices, a side hustle Etsy shop, or a full-blown warehouse shipping out orders, Stamps.com will make your life easier. All you need is a computer and a standard printer, no special supplies or equipment, and within minutes, you're up and running, printing official postage for any letter, any package, anywhere you want to send it. And you'll get exclusive discounts on postage and shipping from USPS and UPS. Once your mail is ready, just schedule a pickup or drop it off. No traffic, no lines. Cut the confusion out of shipping with Stamps.com's new rate advisor tool, and you can compare shipping rates and timelines to easily find the best option. Save time and money with Stamps.com. There's no risk. And with our promo code POD, that's P-O-D, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in POD. That's stamps.com, promo code POD. That's P-O-D. Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. With what feels like a never-ending stream of news and information surrounding us every day, how do we ever actually get something useful out of it all? Well, that's what the Assorted Goods Podcast is all about. It's a more casual perspective on what's going on in the world, where each episode, your host, Dan, myself, 
A regular guy turned curious mind dives into a topic from the news, history, or whatever's on my mind that week. Then we slow it all down and dig a little deeper, passing along all the things that I learn from me to you. Subscribe to Assorted Goods wherever you listen to your podcasts, and join me on my journey to learn a little more. And you know, not be too serious about it. I'll see you there. All right, so, and for lack of a better term, the rest of the stuff, Disney Plus Day, getting more into the animated side of things. We already talked about Baymax. I guess I don't need to get into that more. I did watch the Ice Age Adventures of Buck Wild, and my main takeaway was I did not know that Ice Age was a Disney property. I thought that was like DreamWorks. Oh, I don't yeah. Know. It looked fine. <laughs> I don't have much to say about that. It was one of the longest trailers. So I wish I had more to say about it, but it was kind of just like, yeah, it's, it's, if you like Ice Age, same thing. It's kind of the vibe that I was getting from it. What else in the animated world? Uh, Zootopia Plus. This has juice, I think. Uh, short form series, of course, kind of picking up where Zootopia left off. Zootopia, if you don't remember. Super underrated. Like a, it, it, well, no, I, I was going to say the exact opposite. I think that was a big deal for a little bit. That was like one of their headline properties that did very well. I have never seen it. It's pretty good. It's like, I don't know, I Disney animated movies don't really don't really rustle my jimmies these days, except if they're, if they're Pixar. But this one I do remember being particularly good, and the sloth joke was... You were particularly rustled. My jimmies were rustled by the sloth jokes. The sloth jokes were pretty good. Tiana is a long-form musical series that is set to, I guess, pick up where Princess and the Frog left off. Spoiler alert, this is telling me that she is a newly crowned princess. I mean, I think this is cool just from the fact, and again, like, I feel like they've done a decent job kind of initiating Tiana into the Disney princess circle, but I think just, you know, expanding her story is cool, and I like that. I just like the idea of it. Never saw Princess and the Frog. So, Tactic, you never saw Zootopia. I never saw Princess and the Frog. Cars is coming back. Mater and Lightning McQueen from Cars go on a cross-country road trip in this animated series called Cars on the Road. <laughs> it's a pretty good title. And some of the concept art looks looks uh, pretty cool. I we was very get, excited. Uh, that, oh, for Cars on the Road? Oh, no. I was going to throw in my own little shout-out to Hocus Pocus 2. Got a little photo of everybody, all old, the Sanderson sisters, right. all dressed up and in garb. And I know this is an animation, but it's part of the Disney Pictures group. And... It's officially in production, guys. Get hype. Get your those, Halloween jimmies rustled for next year. And I said for those this new before, listeners. and I'm saying it again. They're staying true to the full moon on Halloween cycle. So this is dope. For those uh, new listeners to the podcast, uh, Nerd Bomber used to force her grandmother, I believe it was your grandmother, to sit oh, yeah. down every single year and watch Hocus Pocus. Oh, not every single year. Every day or something. Every day. It was, it was, Something uh, basically until my parents took away the VHS, they were like, "You're done. I, You're done." Here. I remember I when you talked about it before. I made a Clockwork Orange joke because by the end you probably had to peel her eyelids <laughs> back so that she would watch it. So, needless to say, you're excited for that. I and this is just turning into a list of things I haven't seen, but I never saw Enchanted. That was another one that was like really? a big deal when it came out. I feel like you would really like Enchanted. It's like I like, like P Demps. I I could get some P Demps time. I think Enchanted was cool. really good at the time because it was a rom-com but it also kind of pulled back the curtain of the disney magic aspect of things like it showed that the world isn't this like peachy rosy thing but you can still find positivity sort of like basically patrick dempsey was like this crotchety he's not an old man but he's just like a crotchety guy who's kind of like 
mer, mer, mer. And then this Disney princess pops out of nowhere into the real world and is like, oh, everything is wonderful. So now I'm, I'm actually really excited for a sequel, especially called Disenchanted, because I'm here for crotchetiness. And I feel like just based on the title alone, there's going to be crotchetiness. I, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the I didn't see Enchanted, but it seemed like the whole thing was like trope subversion, right? It was like what it was trying to do. And it seems like this will be more of the same. And now Enchanted Which is on Disney sense. Plus, so you can go back and watch it. That's true. I, you know, Disney Plus, this is a great time to say it. I don't get on Disney Plus very much. I don't know. I just, it's, it's one, it's one that I forget, I guess. I want to change gears here in, in a couple of ways because we're running a little short on time and there's a, there's just too much here. I mean, this was a three hour long event. I want to shout out two things and then I'll turn it over to you guys. You can shout out specific things too if you want. Do you guys remember the Proud family? Oh yeah. Because that, louder and prouder, it's back. Starting, start streaming fe- February 2022. I don't know if they got the same voice cast back. It looks exactly the same. Like it looks and sounds exactly the same. So uh, credit to them. Good job. You know, this show, I, I I wouldn't say I was like a huge fan of it, but it was fine. I would watch it when it was on. For people who were fans of it, I mean, this is good. This has to be exactly what you wanted, I would think, right? This looks, that's that's what I, the vibe I got from it. Uh, so I wanted to shout that out. And then the other thing I, I was kind of intrigued by, to be honest, Limitless with Chris Hemsworth. This is a Nat Geo series. It made me sweaty. That's like, it, it, it had, they had like 30 seconds to make me sweaty and they did. He's... Uh, he's like hanging off ropes he's up on top of giant skyscrapers how they got him to do this stuff i don't know there's like one scene in the trailer where they're like you could die and he's like whatever that's pretty good no that's that's not that's not what they said they want you know tom cruise would have done this no problem (laughs) yeah he was like all right yeah is it an ego thing that's a really good point this looked pretty interesting also pretty open-ended they're just they're just like oh we're gonna explore like the limits of the human body it's like i don't even know what that means so that's pretty interesting so yeah there's a there's a lot else a lot of other things here is there anything else you guys want to shout out specifically that we did not get to no pressure you can always just say no but the other thing that i did want to say is and we didn't really see anything more about it we just kind of saw andy samberg and John Mulaney. Mulaney. How do you say his name? Help me out here. John Mulaney. How John dare Mulaney. you do that to John Mulaney? <laughs> anyway, you see Andy Samberg and John Mulaney basically talking about, you know, Chippendale Rescue Rangers coming back. And that I'm really excited about just because like the nostalgia in me. I remember watching Chippendale back like, man, Chippendale. Uh, what was some Like all of those all like 90s. Like Christmas one. The 90s like Disney cartoons, you know, in the span of like Aladdin and 101 Dalmatians and all of those had cartoons, like Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers is up there and I'm super excited for it to come back. Who's going to be Chip and who's going to be Dale? I don't remember. I, I'm not sure if we're even supposed to know yet, but that's just food for thought, I guess. John Mulaney, by the way, great comedian, going through a lot right now and a lot of it is not good. <laughs> so I wish him the best, but also he's got some, he's got some some work to do in his personal life that's I'll, I'll leave it at that what else do we have here uh anything else tactic anything you want to shout out i think we, we covered we everything that i was interested yeah. in there's yeah like i said there's a bunch of other stuff here the beatles there's a docu-series about the beatles from peter jackson there's a little bit more news about pinocchio which has an absolutely insane cast oh coming can we just can we just say that tom hanks is going to be geppetto like i mean can everyone yeah. agree on that fairly clear it seems like Joseph Gordon-Levitt, probably going to be Jiminy Cricket, I would imagine. But we'll see. I don't know. Actually, there's probably a few people in here who could be Jiminy Cricket. But yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Welcome to Earth, six-part original series starring Willard Smith. 
I don't know if you've heard of him. Uh, and then, yeah, a bunch of other stuff. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut it off here. But yeah, what did we miss? Uh, hit us up on Twitter at OWLeo86, at OWTactic, at OWNerdBomber, and our main show account at OnlineWarriors1. What did we miss? What did we not talk about? What did we not talk about enough? What did we talk about too much? There's probably something. Let us know. Hit us up there. We're happy to chat with all of y'all. It's time to talk about what we've been up to. We're going to transition right into the what we've been up to segment. I'm going to start this week because something monumental and earth shattering and historical has happened. I don't mean to oversell it, but if any of you have been watching this show for, you know, a certain amount of time, you've picked up on the fact that on a regular basis, Nerd Bomber makes suggestions to me in particular saying oh you would love this thing you should watch this you should play that and i take those suggestions and i throw them in a garbage can and, and light it pee on, on them and then light them on fire well those days may be over because i watched the chair now some of yeah, there's yeah that's a long overdue applause i don't even know who you're applauding for me or just 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 generally rejoicing so this is a six six episode i think series on netflix half hour episode super low impact which is one of the reasons that i wound up watching it starring sandra oh she takes over as the chair of an english department and for lack of a better term gets into hijinks i think that's a fair description of it easy breezy pleasant not not like extremely memorable but like very easy going and like pretty well done so would definitely recommend it from an academic perspective as the three of us, I don't know oh, if our yeah. audience Rings knows, true. but like the yeah. three of us all were in higher academia and like the research world at one point. And I feel like a lot of it, a lot of it rang home. There's certain, yeah, having been a graduate researcher too close to home happened a few times where I was like, man, they just, they nailed it. Exactly. <laughs> Whether that's your cup of tea or not, I guess is up for you, up to you to decide, but overall a pleasant and again, low impact experience. So that's one TV show I'm watching. The other TV show that has started up again, I guess the reboot is happening. Dexter new blood two episodes into this. If you like Dexter, you should be watching it. Like it's not, it's not going to give you season four Dexter. It's not going to be this amazing life-altering experience. I already know that two episodes in, but Michael C. Hall is, it's like he never left the role. He's exactly the same. He's exactly as good as he was when he first did it. And that alone is enough to, that should be enough to make you want to watch it. Two episodes in, you know, the plot, it's still very early on, but I can see what they're doing. I'm picking up what they're putting down. I would recommend it again to any fan of the show. If you're a new watcher, you should just watch the originals. (laughs) It's like, you can watch this after you do that, but you'll be very confused if you try to pick it up just from this. I would think people would know that, but just in case. Uh, other than that, no major updates. In Metroid Dread, I am prepping for Ravenbeak, and I'm perhaps over-prepping. Tactic's getting on my case. That Guys, I get, I'll get. i like, I'll message Tactic about a power-up, and he's like, why haven't you, why haven't you just, did you just do it? Like he's, I think you're getting impatient is what's happening. I am. I want to talk about it so bad. You want to talk about it so bad. And I'm like, I'm like doomsday prepping for this final boss because the bosses have been such a headache in that game. I'm going around trying to get every single power back. And I think I'm, I'm basically at the point where I just need to slight of just go face the guy. You don't really need anything else. I think I'm short two energy tanks. Like what maddens me is there are certain, okay. There's a certain subset of power ups where I can see them on my map. I know exactly where they are. 
I just I can't get them because it requires some absolutely ridiculous sleight of hand and like shine sparks. And I just don't even want to get into that. There's some there's a few power ups. I'm like, how would anyone get these? Those don't bother me that much. The ones that bother me, there's certain sections of map in certain worlds where I can see there's rooms there and I can't get to them. Even using the um, the hidden block finder power up, I can't remember what it's called. I can't figure out how to get there. And it's just driving me bananas. So I'm, that's like, it's, it, there's just this, this thing going on in my head that, yeah, I'm, I'm a little compulsive when it comes to like power ups and like being a completionist in a game to a certain extent. And I'm working through that right now. I think next week I'm probably going to have an update that's more substantive in terms of I played Raven Beak and cried is probably what it's going to be. I doubt I will have beaten, beaten it. It seems like it's terrible, but I guess I'll, I'll update further at that point. Nerd Bomber, what's been going on in your neck of the woods? All right. So we watched Shang-Chi. This is actually added to Disney Plus this past weekend because we never we never paid for the premiere. I don't even think they offered that as like the same day streaming. The, I was going to say you. you I would have been all paid. over it, but you would have paid for yeah. it. So we watched that and it was actually very, very good. And I was honestly not expecting anything otherwise. One of the things that I will notice, you know, we always talk about tie-ins. And this isn't really a spoiler because I believe they kind of marketed it this way as well, is that the movie kind of stands alone. And I actually really enjoyed it. There were points in time when I forgot that I was even watching a Marvel movie. There were some references thrown in here and there, like they referenced the snap at one point. But for the most part, you could watch this in a vacuum and it would still be just as good. One of the things that was actually super impressive was a lot of the choreography. It felt a lot like those old school kung fu movies, and it was very, very well done. One of the things that was actually super impressive about the choreography to me was the knowledge that a lot of the actors like Simu Lu didn't didn't have a lot of stuntmen come in for him. Like he actually did a lot of his own stunt work. And to me, like the the stuff that we were watching on screen, it was very engaging. It was very entertaining. And even like the story I thought was very well done. It was very, I mean, very typical to a lot of your Marvel origin stories, you know, very meaningful, semi-emotional, kind of not tugging at the heartstrings, but just a little bit. And I also really enjoyed Aquafina in this role. I know when she was cast, a lot of people thought like, oh, you know, she's just going to bring like funny one-liners. And she did do that. But I think her role was actually a lot more three-dimensional than just being the comic relief. And I'm really excited to see how she's going to progress in the MCU and what her role is going to be as, you know, everything becomes interconnected because as like we mentioned before, everything is interconnected with the MCU. And then one of the other things that I do want to mention, and I'll leave our big TV watch to tactic. We watched another movie and this is, I think it was a chicken soup for the soul movie. And I don't even know how we came across this, but it had Aubrey Plaza and Michael Caine and it was called bestsellers. And essentially Aubrey Plaza is the daughter of a big book publishing magnet who leaves his company to her and she kind of is struggling with imposter syndrome and her company is struggling and, you know, she has to try to find a a bestseller to bring her company back afloat. So she resurrects this contract of one of the publishing house's first authors and says, hey, you know, we've paid you way back in the day, like you owe us a book. And he is very reluctant and resistant because he's just like, he's old. He doesn't want anything to do with the publishing industry or the world at large. And he basically makes her life a living hell as they go on tour. And it was, it wasn't like, 
a stellar movie. Like I'm sure in a few months, if you asked me about this movie, I wouldn't remember many of the details, but it was definitely a heartwarming movie. And for someone who's a big book nerd, I really, any insight into the publishing industry, like I watched the TV show Younger in part, even through all of like the stupid kind of BS, like love triangle nonsense specifically for like insights into the book publishing industry. So I really like this. And I think Aubrey Plaza was, as usual, a delight. So definitely another movie to check out if you ever can. Duly noted. I don't know what's going on in your house. You're finding Chicken Soup for the Soul movies. I don't even know they made Chicken Soup for the Soul movies. It was on Amazon, ironically. It was just like one of the new rental releases. I was just like, oh. And then when I hit the trailer, it was like Chicken Soup for the Soul. I was like, they make movies? What is this? That is interesting. I do like both of the people you mentioned, though. So I'll have to check it out. Maybe I'll have to actually take a recommendation now. This is weird. I, I need to. <laughs> well, yeah. We'll have to figure this out. Tactic, what was the big TV watch that was teased? So we binged Squid Game. And I got to say, right. I, I was skeptical. I, I didn't think it was going to be good, but it was fantastic. Can I just note? I was like, we're going to start watching Squid Game. Everyone's talking about it. We're doing it. And he was like, no, I don't want to. And then like three episodes later, he was like, well, can't we just watch one I more? was covered in sweat one episode. It was so intense. Like my palms were sweaty. My knees were weak. Mom's spaghetti. Was it spaghetti. the Marvel episode? Was it the Marvel episode? No. It was prior no. to that, I believe. I only saw bits and pieces, as as you know. But anyway, oh, yeah, it, it's I mean, a fantastic yeah. show. It's an interesting thought experiment. You know, given that amount of money, you know, would people turn into savages? And the answer is always yes, because the human race is inherently flawed. Just like just like Mark Zuckerberg, I was once a human, so I understand how that can be. And then on top of watching that, the other thing is I am continuing to play through Spider-Man Miles Morales, and I feel like I sold it short last week. It is a good game. Don't get me wrong. It is a great game. I'm just, all I was saying was that it's the same. It's kind of the same formula. Which is, again, which is great. This which is, is the great. Same point it's I a great formula. Yeah, it's just I'm playing through it. I'm probably going to be done with it within the week. It's a very, very quick playthrough and i gotta figure out then what's on next for my docket because i am burning through games folks absolutely burning it's that time of year it's it's, it's game time it's 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 dark at 5 p.m and i don't know that just means go play games right on well that brings us to quiz time and i'm excited this week i am the founder of the feast and we're talking about the spice girls remember them remember them spice girls if you want to be my lover Woo! right that is their only song I, I I gunned my head and I, I put this quiz together and I still could not name a single other Spice Girls song. I don't know. Which, yeah, that brings us to our first. So these are, most of these are numerical. Price is right. Typical thing. Typical fare for the quiz. But our first question is going to be a little bit different. I want to test your intimate knowledge of the Spice Girls. Okay. So Nerd Bomber, I believe your record is better. So you will go first. Let me just double check that. Yes, your record is better. You are you are eleven and ten. Tactic is nine and ten. So you will go first, and you guys are going to go back and forth naming Spice Girls until one of you can. And I'm talking. I'm not talking about the, their actual names. I'm talking about their Spice Girl names. Um, you obviously can't repeat names, and we'll go until someone doesn't know one. So Nerd Bomber, go ahead. Start us off. Baby. Sporty. Baby Spice. Baby Sporty Spice. Posh. Scary. Posh Spice. Scary Spice. Hold on. <laughs> Do I put a timer on you? Wait, so we said what? baby, sporty, scary, posh, 
was the last one? Can I name it? This is easy. Uh, Nerva, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you five seconds. We already said scary, right? Yep. I don't have it. Okay, I'm calling time. Tactic. Everyone knows it's ginger spice. Ginger spice. Come oh on. man, you blew it. That's a point for Tectic. That's huge out of the gate. Uh, for what it's worth, if you would have gotten all five of their na- of their spice names, I would have gone to what are their actual names, and I'm sure that would have been way quicker. That's easy too. Because <laughs> no, it is not. I know two of their names. I did not. I still don't know the other three. Um, in any case, uh, I, I know. I only know one, and it's Miss Beckham. Yeah, <laughs> Victoria Beckham is one. Uh, the other, the only other one I know is Mel B. And that's like again, not even her real name. I think that's what she, what he calls what she calls herself now. Anyways, that's not a question. Let's move on to question two, uh, which is much more standard fare for these quizzes. Uh, in what year were the Spice Girls formed? And uh, tactic, you will go first here. Nineteen ninety-seven. No, it was before that. I'm gonna say nineteen eighty. I know that's too early, but I want to give myself more wiggle room. You're playing smart. Nineteen ninety-four was the correct answer. And this was, well, there was an open audition Friday, March 11th. No, sorry. Friday, March 4th from at 11 a.m. until 5.30 p.m. There was, this was put into an advertisement in, I believe it was a London newspaper. No, Stage Magazine. Wanted, are you 18 to 23 with the ability to dance and sing? Are you streetwise, outgoing, ambitious, and dedicated? Heart Management Limited are a widely successful music industry management consortium currently forming a choreographed singing, dancing, all-female pop act for a recording deal. How many women answered the ad? Probably 200. 201. Oh, screw you. He used his plus one. 400 women answered the ad. Incidentally... Jerry Hallwell, who apparently is one of the Spice Girls, I don't even know which one she is, had seen the ad but went skiing in Spain and missed the audition because her face got sunburned. What a great reason to miss an audition. Uh, okay, so Tactic is up two to one, uh, and we have one, two, three questions left. Well, no, let's say one, two questions left and one tiebreaker is what I meant to say. How many copies did their debut album, Spice, sell? Three million. I'm going to say one. I feel like it wasn't that many, especially not their first album. One million or one copy? One copy. Giving myself a You've already throw. done the super low ball. Okay, whatever. No, 1980 was not that low ball of an answer. It was Tactic, there is no need. There is no need for consternation. Right, this is the best-selling female, all-female pop group album of all time. 23 million copies worldwide. This was a big deal. This was, of course, the album that had uh, Wannabe on it. Now, Tactic, you have won. It's, it's already three to one, so congratulations. We'll do this last question for funsies. I'm basically a Spice Girl expert. You're basically a Spice Girl expert. What is the runtime of Wannabe? Spice World? Let's, let's, oh. And let's say, uh, let's say in seconds. What is the runtime of, of Wannabe? In seconds. It, it's short, I think. Um, C- can you... I'm going to w- say 152 what, seconds. Of one what? 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 The runtime of Wannabe, the song. Oh. In seconds. And what did you say? 152. 152. No, we are not sitting here while you sing through the whole song. (laughs) I I would actually love it. I'm going to say two minutes. So 120 seconds. Okay. Uh, Nerd Bomber takes it. uh, 173 seconds. So just shy of three minutes. Um, it is a short song by song standards. I think the average song is probably about three and a half minutes long. 
nonetheless, uh, Tactic, you take it home, which, again, keeps things interesting in the online world. I mean, this is this is a story now. I mean, Tactic moves to 10 and 10. Nerd Bomber, 11 and 11. I, functionally, you guys are tied. I have to ask, did you have a crush on a Spice Girl? Um, No, I wasn't aware enough of the Spice Girls, I feel like. I my my crushes around this time were first of all I think when Wannabe came out I think I was really like four years old and second of all my crushes at that time were were dedicated to to others. My two crushes growing up were Britney Spears and Sporty Spice. Which one is Sporty Spice? Which one was Mel B? Mel B was Scary Spice. Sporty Spice was Melanie C. By the way, so there is a Mel B and a Mel C in the Spice Girls, which I did not know again until this very moment. Yeah. So that. Yeah. Anyways, that's that. Uh, you guys are tied. I. I am viewing it. I think the tiebreaker would go to Nerbomber because she has eleven wins and Tactic only has ten. But you guys both have an exact five hundred record right now, going into basically the last month of the year. And like the last, like we're only going to have like four or five more episodes of the podcast at this point in twenty twenty one. We're not like we're not closing up shop. Don't worry. But this is crazy. Fans of close contests rejoice. This is this is this is uh this is grinded out time. So stay tuned. Thank you all for listening. Thanks again to John and Ben from the Space Oddities comic book, or the creators of the Space Oddities comic book, for sitting down and chatting with us. And uh, yeah, have a great week. Uh, go out there and... Oh, boy. Tell this your is... local DJ trivia host. Thank you. This, You know, that's a good one. And this case, it gets harder to do every single week. I should have never put myself in this box where i have to i have to give a specific profession that you have to go out and recommend this thing to because there's only so many professions in the world dj trivia operator is a good one so go tell one of them and we'll see you next week